Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Good evening. It's Monday, September 4th, uh, less than two weeks, 11 days actually, until the uh, Jewish New Year, the night of September 15th, which is, of course, the first of Tishrei on our calendar. Uh, We observe the uh, New Year for two days, spending an entire month in um, soul-searching, looking not only at our, um, I guess you'd call them ritual observance, but also how we behave towards each other, resolving not only to improve ourselves, but how we can improve ourselves. Frequently people will Uh, approach people that they feel or know they might have uh, hurt or offended and ask for forgiveness. And given, of course, that we ourselves want to be forgiven, um, it's a good idea to treat other people as we would want to be treated. I find that the entire autumn season in the Northern Hemisphere uh, points to the impermanence of life to our the fleeting nature of our existence on this earth. When I look at the cycle of the lives of the of, of the trees around us, I see them sprouting almost yellowish green, translucent, um, unfolding on the trees, and as spring goes into summer and summer goes into fall, the color of the leaves kind of turns to sort of like almost an olive green before they start turning colors and falling. And by the time autumn is rolling around, the trees are dropping their leaves and greet winter with uh, bare branches. And, of course, when we see those bare branches, looking at them for uh, the better part of the winter, we take it on faith that there will be some sort of resurrection, that new leaves will take place of the ones that had fallen to the ground. It kind of... uh, reminds me of my relationship to my family, to humanity, that I am a leaf that will drop and I in turn will be replaced. On the new year, until almost the end of the Jewish month, uh, right before, uh, I think, towards the end of Sukkot, the Feast of Booths, we have what's called Tashlich, which is when we go to a body of water and we 
um, shake the corners of our garments. This year, we the start of saying Tashlich is on the second day of the new year, which is which would be on um, Sunday, and it's considered uh, desirable to go to a body of water with fish in it. Uh, the fish are underwater, cannot usually be seen, and the eyes of fish are always open. They don't close. So it kind of symbolizes the always the all-seeing, always open eye of uh, the Creator. One uh, way I look at Tashlich is when I look at another human being, in a metaphorical way, it's almost like a body of water. I don't know what's going on beneath the surface. Whatever I say or do, how, how is it per perceived beneath the surface? What, what emotions, what feelings am I feeding uh, within the heart and soul of a person uh, with whom I am dealing? And not only that, uh, a body of water is reflective. It will reflect a face looking into it. It will reflect the light that shines upon us. And to me, going to Tashlich is a reminder that uh, one of the ways I can uh, shape the world that I I'm a part of, yet stand apart from, is to look at it kindly and to, uh, in turn, hope that it will uh, return my gaze with like kindness. Just like a pond or a lake with different sorts of, sorts of creatures, you have algae, microscopic creatures, you might have crayfish, which look like tiny lobsters, catfish, carp, bass, etc. There are many thoughts and emotions within a, within a human being. And if we reach out with a good part of ourselves to that which lies beneath the surface of the water, so to speak, uh, that can result in a kindly reflection. When I look at uh, businesses that open up, for instance, near where I live, a restaurant, uh, a clothing store, a pharmacy, uh, I admire the courage of the entrepreneurs. They find a place that's for rent, and if they're, if it was a clothing store and they're opening up a restaurant, they have to completely redo the interior of a storefront that they might not even necessarily own. And the statistics of how many businesses succeed 
and how many businesses fail? These statistics are daunting. I think a large percentage, maybe half or maybe even more than half, depending on the place where a business is located, half those businesses fail, don't make it through. And the person who has the courage to, say, open a retail store or a restaurant or whatever, that person is putting possibly tens of thousands of dollars into opening up, uh, paying people to work for them, satisfying government uh, requirements, and uh, it can be months, maybe maybe a couple years before they turn anything resembling a profit. Someone who is paid by the hour by a person who is taking this risk should admire the person who is providing them uh, employment. I think what I learned from that personally, not being a business owner, is that uh, one shouldn't always expect to, in a manner of speaking, turn a profit in every relationship immediately. There are people who might not like you, might uh, brush you off or whatever, and sometimes you have to invest in being kind to people, greeting, greeting the world with a friendly face. And hopefully there is a return. And even if, even if there is not, even if a person you would like to regard you, that they regard you in a kindly way, does not, at the end of the day, there is a simple set of words that I fall back on because it's the right thing to do. Sometimes it's, well, always, it's a good idea to behave decently simply because the world ends up being a better place for one having made the right choices. It can be hard to do this, but when someone snaps at you, snaps at me, there, they might be rude, might not return a greeting. Uh, it's nice to think of Tashlich and say, what's beneath the surface here? Who knows what private uh, uh, heartache, difficulty this person is facing that they don't have to share with me. They don't have to tell me their life story or their health history or anything of the sort. I can look at them and say, I hope all is well and peaceful beneath the surface. In addition to health, one of the things we pray for on Rosh Hashanah, the new year, is material prosperity. I heard a joke about a guy who was uh, praying 
alone. And he says to God, he says, Lord, is it true that to you a thousand years is like a second? And a resonant voice sounds out, yes, my son. And then he says, Lord, is it true that to you $20 million is like less than a penny? And a voice booms out, yes, my son. So then the supplicant says, so Lord, could you do me a favor? Send me $20 million. The voice booms out. Certainly, just a second. I think the lesson I get from that joke is that the timetable we are on is not necessarily the timetable the world is on. And that we have to keep on keeping on And we have to sometimes even tread water. And sometimes uh, that can take a while. It's happened a couple of times in my life that I didn't have money in, in the bank or the money I did have went jingle jangle. And I needed money to get through the week. There's practically no food in the house. I was either unemployed or underemployed. And at times like that, besides prayer, sometimes you go through the laundry hamper, look through every pocket of every shirt, of every pair of pants. Kind of depressing. And every once in a while, maybe in the pages of a book, in the in a wallet that you thought was empty, you find 20 bucks. And you've got enough food to last you the two days or so till payday. Thank God. And one lesson that I have learned from these lean times when there is almost no money in the house, is that wealth is not only getting, wealth is also knowing what you have. And out of such times of desperation, one of the things I learned was a prayer that gets me through lean times, and that is, God, before I ask you for anything, please open my eyes to what I already have. Because until you, if you believe you have nothing, then you cannot avail yourself of your own wealth, resources, what have you, until you know what you have. And if you take that lesson and apply it to other things, then uh, 
the world does not look like such a forbidding place. In many parts of the world, in the industrialized world, we are well-fed and well-entertained. When I was a kid, there were three TV channels, main networks, there was educational television, there were bookstores and libraries, and there was no internet, of course. A friend of mine who was a techie, and this was in the late 60s, told me that someday you'll have a computer at your desk. You can just turn on the computer, go shopping, and they'll deliver whatever you want to your door. You won't even have to walk out of your house to a store. And I was like, dude, what have you been smoking? And I think that uh, what he predicted, amazingly enough, became true beyond our imagination. I don't today. I don't just have three networks. Uh, thank God, I can. Given given how the three networks and educational television and radio have, in many cases, become a propaganda mouthpiece of the government. There are, there are choices. I can go uh, shopping for information. Conversely, however, the devices we use to look at the world can look back at us. I remember during the COVID epidemic, uh, Somebody I knew who was in Israel, when they were in lockdown, if they went beyond, it was a fairly short distance of their house, a few blocks maximum, uh, their phone could beam information about where they were to, to the government, to the people in charge of, uh, keeping track of where people were, making sure that people stayed locked down. And looking at the history of epidemics, if you look up the Spanish flu in the at the end of the world of World War One in 1918, it was horrific. People were leaving the house their houses feeling healthy and they were dropping dead on the trolley cars. Dropping dead in the street. And it almost, it almost, I think one of the things that the COVID epidemic and um, also the flow of news, et cetera, on social media, such as uh, Facebook, what have you, even the search engines, shows me that the technology that could and often does free us can be used to surveil us, to keep us under control. So it's important that uh, we are, we as a species are blessed with incredible um, inventive and creative uh, powers. It's important that we remain the masters 
of what we invent and what we produce and not become enslaved to us, to it. This, this is a choice that requires constant vigilance. Another landmark that each and every one of us individually can uh, observe is our birthdays. It's a good idea on the anniversary of, of one's birth to say, where have I been in the past year? Uh, what, what, what kind of human being am I? What am I giving to the world? And how can I improve my contribution, my behavior, my attitude? And on the day or two days that we observe as the birthday of the world, it's time to project that perspective onto a larger scope. Uh, I wish all of you a blessed rest of the week. Uh, this is certainly an introspective time of year. And uh, uh, may we all grow and move forward together. Thank you. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com. Thewinterriders at gmail.com. Until next week, adio which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous and closely resembles adios in Spanish.